0: You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Welcome friends. This is Dana Shea and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. You all, we are in episode 88 today. We are continuing our Communication 101 series. And I pray and I hope that you have been enjoying these episodes. It is really my goal and my desire to help all of us. And I'm saying us because I'm putting myself in the category of a learner as well. The more episodes I do, the more research I do, the more couples that I get to coach, I learn as well as teach. And um, so I just pray that these episodes are really encouraging and even challenging you in your communication with your spouse or your partner. So before we get into what we're going to talk about today, because I know some of y'all are just like, what in the world is this title? The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. No, we are not going to be talking about sci-fi today. We're not talking about eschatology, even though some of my Bible nerds, I know you already know that the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse is actually a reference in the book of Revelation. And um, so there's biblical undertones to this episode. And there are really practical um, communication tips that Dr. John Gottman teaches. So if you don't know who Dr. John Gottman is, friends, you must look him up. John Gottman is a psychologist. He is literally a marriage guru. Like every marriage coach, every marriage counselor knows who he is. Many of us reference him. He's got a ton of research out there. He's got a whole institute. He does marriage intensives and all kinds of things. And um he's written several books. Some of them are The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, What Makes Love Last. That's a classic. I recommend that book a lot. Uh, The Relationship Cure and many, many others. So again, if you don't know who John Gottman is, please look him up, read his stuff. It's super solid, very research-based. Some people do find him a little more clinical, which he is a psychologist, but it is my goal when I'm quoting him or when I'm teaching some of his principles to really put them in layman's terms so that anybody, anybody can understand them and more importantly, practice them. So I'm real excited about this episode, y'all. Today, um, I have never done an episode like this where we really kind of get more technical. So today might not feel like communication 101. It might feel like communication 501. So you're going to get a little bit of a master's degree in communication today. However, I know that again, because we're going to make this real ground level, we're going to make this real practical. You're going to walk away from this episode with some real. Tools that you can use today. All right, but before we get into all of that good stuff, I want to read to you a brand new podcast review that we have. So, this podcast review comes in on Apple Podcasts and it says Real Talk and Helpful. Hello, Dana. I have been listening to your podcast for close to a year now. I am married for 28 years, soon to be 29 years in June. Congratulations, my friend. Um, He goes on to say, your podcast has helped me so much on issues that the church doesn't even talk about, because as you once stated, these issues are taboo. Please keep up the excellent work as the Lord leads you. Thank you. Mr. Horton, 5-5. Well, Ms. dorton five, five, thank you, sir. Thank you so much for that. I can't believe, you guys, that I get to do this work. I love it. I absolutely love doing this podcast. I love meeting so many of you. I read every single review and email that comes in, and y'all just don't know how much it blesses my soul and encourages me to keep going. Because sometimes, y'all, I mean, me and Sean have a real marriage, and there are times that, like, I'm like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like, can I just be honest? Like, I'm like, I'm just tired. I don't even know if I want to be married today. Um, But the Lord keeps on pushing me and leading me and encouraging me. And I am definitely one who practices what I preach. And so if I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to tell you guys about it, then I'm going to practice it in my own marriage as well. And so, uh, Mr. Horton and and others, thank you so much for that wonderful review. Now, speaking of reviews, before we actually get into the meat of today's episode, I want to announce to you that we have, drumroll please, I don't know what kind of drums those were, but we have a brand new podcast review contest coming up. That's right. I want you guys to send in these reviews, not because I'm vain and I just want to hear all of your wonderful affirmations, although one of my love languages is words of affirmation. So that's just a bonus. But the reason that I want your reviews is because as a podcast listener myself, when I'm scrolling through the podcast channels trying to find a good podcast, the first thing that I look at are the reviews. If a podcast doesn't have any reviews, or of course, if it has negative reviews, I'm going to keep on scrolling. And so I love when you all send me your personal emails, but I'm like, write a review, because other people can then look and see what this podcast is all about before they even listen to an episode. And so I'm doing a podcast review contest, and here are the deets for that, okay? Super simple to enter. All you have to do is listen to at least one episode, and then you have to review it on Apple Podcasts. I know Spotify and Stitcher and Amazon Music and Audible and all of these other places, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all the places where the podcast airs most of those, I don't think actually any of those other platforms allow you to actually write a review. So you do have to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and you just have to write up a few sentences like Mr. Horton55 did. Um, many of you have already submitted reviews, and I so appreciate that. So all you have to do is, one, listen to an episode, To write a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can email me if you're just like, I abhor Apple and I don't listen to Apple at all, then go ahead and send me your review via email. You can email that to me at info at com. That's I-N-F-O at danashe, D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com. Now, you have until May 3rd, so depending on when you're listening to this episode here today, the contest might be over, but on May 3rd, live on the podcast episode, I'm going to announce the winner. And what are you going to win? Well, I am glad that you asked, my friend. You will win a $50 Amazon gift card. So I'm just going to lump everybody's podcast reviews into one little bag. I'm going to stir up the little bag, shake and bake, and I'm going to pull out a winner. Okay, And so whoever submits their episode review, you've got to make sure that you submit it again on Apple Podcasts or you must email me at info at com. And then on the May 3rd episode, I am going to announce the winner and you will get your gift card via email. Obviously, if you email your review, I will already know that. If you submit a review on Apple Podcasts, shoot me a real quick email. Hey, Dana, I submitted a review on Apple Podcasts. That way I can have your email because I am going to email you your prize. All right, my friends. Well, those are the details for the podcast review contest. Without any further ado, I'm real excited to go ahead and get into this info today. We are talking all about the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse in Communication. Okay, so let's first of all talk about this crazy title. For some of y'all, you might already be familiar with the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, whether you've heard that From John Gottman before, or maybe you're familiar with the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse from the actual book of Revelation in the Bible. So without getting too much into theology and the book of Revelation chapter six, this is, um, it's it's talking about eschatology and eschatology just means the signs of the end times. Okay. So there's lots and lots of different interpretations and beliefs about what is going to happen when we all leave this earth. Like not when we die, but like when the earth fades away. And so we're not going to get into that. There are literal books and Bible studies that have been written about that. But what I do want to talk about is it's kind of a play on Revelation 6. There are four horsemen uh, or four horses, I should say, that um signify conquest, war, famine, and death. And why this is important is because John Gottman determined that there are also four horsemen of the apocalypse when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes to communication and relationships. And obviously, that's why we're talking about this today. These four communication bad habits are ruining many relationships. And we have couples who are practicing these four horsemen and they don't even know it. They're not aware that this is what they're doing. And when I actually coach couples, there are many times where things are so blatantly obvious to me, not just because I'm a marriage coach, but because I'm a third party, because I'm somebody who's outside of that couple's relationship, and I can see the inner workings of their relationship. It's really important, you all, that you submit your marriage to the eyes and the wisdom of someone else. I want to say that again. If you're married or if you're in a serious relationship... It is critical that you submit your marriage to the eyes and the wisdom of another person, another person who is wise, another person who will build you up, another person who has no vested interest in your your marriage other than the fact that they want to just see you succeed. But you you want to make sure that you are not just an island off by yourself. Okay, a lot of couples, they think, you know what, we gotta keep everybody out of our business. And I agree that you definitely need to keep some things private and you don't want everybody sampling your marriage or your relationship. You don't want everybody's opinions. But it's really important that you have a pastor or a trusted friend or a mentor couple or a coach or a counselor, somebody like that, who you are willingly submitting your marriage to. We all have blind spots, y'all. And we all, self-included, I've got both my hands up over here. We all need that. And so today, I'm going to talk to you all about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. These are the four relational habits that can damage your relationship. And John Gottman actually says that they are the number one predictor of divorce. So this is important, okay? Off the bat, I'm just going to tell you what the four horsemen are, and then we're going to break them down. So the four horsemen in relationships are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Now, most of us are probably familiar with what those words mean, but I'm going to talk to you about how they show up in relationships, and I want you to really think about how you communicate with your spouse or with your partner and see if you can identify which of these four horsemen you practice or which of these four horsemen your partner is practicing. All right. Again, this might be a blind spot for you. So if you have a revelation at the end of this episode, that would just be amazing. So let's talk about criticism for a moment. Many people struggle with a critical spirit. As a matter of fact, a couple episodes ago, I talked about how I would go into my kids' rooms and I would just see junk everywhere. Like I just I can't help but to see it. I have a critical eye. I see mistakes very easily. And we have to be careful, those of us who have that critical eye, that that critical eye does not become a critical spirit. The difference is you can see things wrong, but you don't always have to point them out. And even when you point them out, you have to be willing to do that in a way that does not destroy the person that you're talking to. So if I go into my kids' rooms and all I see is mayhem and mess, which is what I see, I have to be careful about now criticizing their character or criticizing the core of who they are, their heart, wounding their heart. When you practice criticism in a relationship, it goes well beyond just a complaint. It goes beyond a critique. It goes beyond just addressing an issue in your relationship. When you are someone who is a critical person or who has a critical spirit, What happens is you are trying to tear down your spouse or your partner. So you don't say things like, I was really afraid when you showed up late for dinner and didn't call first. You'll say things like, you are so rude or you are so self-absorbed. You are so selfish. You don't think about anybody but yourself. Those words are biting words. Those words are not helpful words. That is a critical spirit. You can still voice a complaint in your relationship or in your marriage, and you should be free to do that. But again, you have to be really careful of the spirit in which it's given. Remember that your spouse or your partner, they're a person. They're a human being with real feelings. And just as if you wouldn't want to be wounded by those words, you shouldn't wound them with your words. Now, some of you might be thinking, you know what? Well, I wouldn't have to be so rough if they would just stop doing X, Y, and Z. Or I've told them this a thousand times and they just keep doing it and nice words don't work. I understand that logic. But what I'm telling you is that sometimes, y'all, we speak to the people that are closest to us way worse than we would speak to a total stranger. Think about that. Some of the stuff that we say to the people in our homes, we would never say to other people. Sometimes we go to work, we're all smiles, we go to church, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And then we go home and we're just evil and nasty and mean. That's the sign of a critical spirit. Criticism is like a cancer in your relationship. It slowly eats away at everything good in your marriage. And before you know it, that critical spirit has turned into the second horseman, which is contempt. Contempt is probably the number, actually John Gottman says it is the number one indicator of divorce is a spirit of contempt. Contempt is deeper than criticism. Contempt is is it's the the first word that came to my mind was vileness. It's this utter disdain for your partner. This might show up in ways like sarcasm. That's a big one. Eye rolling, obviously anger, mocking, ridiculing, cursing, calling each other out of their names, all of those kinds of things. When you are operating in a spirit of contempt, you are literally trying to make your spouse or partner feel worthless. And this is really sad because I've taught my kids from the beginning of time, since I had kids, that if you feel small on the inside, you'll try to make other people feel small. And so when we have to put down other people, it's because we ourselves feel insecure or humiliated or we feel small. When you have a spirit of contempt in your relationship, get ready to go ahead and start filing some divorce papers because there is no way that your marriage can be healthy, for sure not healthy, or even viable if this spirit of contempt is allowed to remain. When people have a spirit of contempt in their relationship, again, they go beyond just criticizing their spouse. They go for the jugular. They're trying to verbally assault. And if this is you, if you struggle here, you need to reach out for help. You need to choose different words. But more importantly, you need to have your heart cleansed. I'm going to give you guys some antidotes, if you will, on how to overcome these four horsemen at the end of the episode. But for right now, I just want to kind of talk about them, what they look like, what they sound like, what they are, and then we'll talk about what's the solution. How do we fix them? Okay. All right. The third horseman is defensiveness. We all know about being defensive. Why do we become defensive? Because most of us have good intentions, Most of us are doing the best job that we can. We know we're not perfect. We know we make mistakes. We know we drop the ball. We know we're not always dependable. But for the most part, I believe that most of us are doing the best job that we can. So when our spouse or partner, quote, attacks us, end quote, right, when they come against us and maybe they are offering just a complaint or maybe they are criticizing us, what our natural reaction is, is defensiveness, We go inside. Think of a turtle, right? A turtle that's under attack is going to go in its shell. It's going to retreat. And this is what happens in relationships all day long. People become defensive. When you become defensive, you absolve yourself of the responsibility. You make excuses. You sometimes blame your spouse or your partner for things that are not their responsibility. And when you become defensive, then we start going in circles, Because now the issue is not being solved. All you're trying to do is to protect yourself from these assaults that you feel like are coming your way. So being defensive isn't helpful. It's not helpful at all. It is natural. It's like, again, I said, it's our natural uh, response. But there is a better way. And we'll talk about the antidote for defensiveness in just a moment. The final of the four horsemen is stonewalling. Now, we talked about stonewalling a little bit in last week's episode when we talked about silence versus the silent treatment. The silent treatment is classic stonewalling. Usually, people respond to contempt with stonewalling. So if I am being criticized and I am being cursed out or I am being just lambasted with a whole bunch of just negativity, then my natural response would be another defensive mechanism, which is to stonewall. It's basically to ice you out or to stop speaking or to stop responding to you. Now, it doesn't always have to be in response to contempt. Sometimes we stonewall because we're just overwhelmed. Maybe there's just a lot going on at work and we just get emotionally exhausted and we just can't deal with whatever the problem is at home. I can do this, you guys. Like when I come home from work, I have to decompress. I have to have quiet for at least 15 minutes, just kind of, you know, like reset, like put the work thing away. Now I'm in mommy mode. Now I'm in wife mode. Okay, so I need a little bit of a transition in between that time. If for some reason I don't get my 15 minutes, emotionally, I I will shut down. I, I might listen, like I might hear what you're saying, but like I will literally tap out. And this happens sometimes when my kids will be like, mom, 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 can we, can we, can we, can we have the Like, I'm hearing what they're saying, but it literally sounds like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it sounds like that in my mind. I can't process it. And so some people stonewall because they just are overwhelmed emotionally. It's just too much going on. If you are dealing with um, a persistent problem in your marriage, maybe you've been in counseling or you've been in coaching or maybe just the two of you have been really trying to figure out this problem for a long time in your marriage and it's not letting up, sometimes a partner will stonewall. They'll just stop responding because it's just too much. The emotional load is too heavy and they can't deal with it. And so we're going to talk about. What are some things that we can do versus tuning out versus, you know, busying ourselves with other things? Or the worst kind of stonewalling is engaging in obsessive or dangerous behaviors. That can be a form of stonewalling as well. So recap real quick. The four horsemen we talked about were criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. So before we move on to the antidotes, I want you all to be honest. Think about your relationship right now. We're going to have a little moment of silence here. Seriously, I'm going to give you a little moment of silence with some instrumental music in the background so that you can think about this. One thing that I love about podcasts is that they're full of information. One thing I hate about podcasts is that they're full of information. And when we have too much information and we don't take the time to process, we don't put into practice what we've learned. Therefore, it really doesn't do us any good. So I am literally going to give you a one minute of silence with some background music And I want you to think about which of these four horsemen do you practice in your relationship? Is it criticism? Is it contempt? Is it defensiveness? Is it stonewalling? Go ahead and think about it. I'll meet you back here in a minute. Okay, friends, welcome back. If one minute was not long enough for you to identify which of these horsemen you practice, then go ahead and pause this episode and continue to think. Truth be told, we probably all need more than a minute to really process and think about what we do. But we're going to move on and we're going to talk about what are some solutions or some antidotes, if you will, on how to communicate better, how to stop employing these four horsemen in our relationships and what we should do. If your issue is criticism, then the antidote or the solution to criticism, according to John Gottman, is what he calls a gentle startup. And so, what that means is that you are going to use those I statements that we talked about in episode 86. When you criticize someone, remember that you're pointing the finger outward. You're saying, You didn't do this. You made me angry. You dropped the ball. It's your fault. Those are outward statements, those are ineffective. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is to have I statements. I felt like I was hurt. I misunderstood or I thought. You want to turn it around on what you are feeling as an individual, not on what your partner is doing. So it's not verbally attacking them or their character or their motives or their intention. It's simply saying, this is what I thought was going to happen or these are my feelings. It's not saying that you're a terrible person. It's saying that I felt hurt when that thing happened. So that's the solution. Instead of criticizing your partner, let them into your heart. And I know that for my fellas, I'm going to make a generalization here, but I know that for guys, a lot of times it's difficult to be like, I'm going to open up my heart and share with you all of my vulnerability. I understand that that's not an easy thing to do, but it is the effective thing to do. And even there are some women, because they have been hurt A lot in relationships that their hearts are guarded, and so it's harder for them to just open up and say, I'm hurt, I'm feeling insecure, I'm feeling unloved, I'm feeling unimportant, right? And so what will happen is oftentimes they will develop a critical spirit because they're hurting inside. So the antidote to that is you're just going to have to be brave enough to start practicing these I statements. The trick to using I statements is to then say what you need. So you don't just say, I'm feeling hurt. Okay, I'm feeling hurt and I need. What do you need? What do you desire? All right, let's talk about contempt. Maybe you're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that I can't stand my husband is a sign of contempt. I have no idea that the sarcasm or my disdain for my wife was actually contempt. Yes, contempt needs a solution. Remember, your relationship will not survive if you continue to let contempt thrive. Somebody needs to tweet that. Seriously. The solution for contempt is gratitude. Oh, this is so good, you guys. John Gottman calls it a culture of appreciation. I just call it gratitude. I practice this often. I have a gratitude journal. I've talked about this before on other episodes. It sits on my nightstand. Gratitude is not just something that you think. It is something that you do. It is a, a posture of the heart. It is an intentional practice. You can't really be in a state of contempt when your heart is full of thanksgiving, when your heart is full of gratitude. And I'm not saying just general gratitude here. Like, I thank God for the bees and the birds outside, or I don't think anyone's really grateful for the bees. I don't know why I said that, but it's springtime. Okay. I thank God for the flowers and the grass, the green grass and the sky and the beach. Like, that's great. Okay. Praise the Lord for all of those things. But how about. I'm thankful that my spouse is a hard worker. I'm thankful that my spouse has a gentle spirit. Instead of saying that they're a a wuss or they're a pushover, how about my spouse has a gentle spirit? Instead of my spouse is a punk, how about my spouse is compassionate? I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I have a compassionate spouse. I'm thankful that when I go from zero to 100 in 2.5 seconds, my spouse is a little bit more level-headed. I'm grateful for that. Whatever it is that you can think about as far as what you're grateful for, write those things down. And if you can't think of anything that you're grateful for about your spouse, you are not thinking hard enough. Because every single one of us can think of things about our spouse that we're grateful for. Even the worst marriages, there is something that drew you to that person in the first place. I know that those qualities might seem like they're covered with a whole bunch of drama and problems and issues and pain. But if you peel back some of those layers, you will find that a lot of those characteristics are still there. What can you be grateful for? Because again contempt cannot exist where gratitude does what are some of your spouse's positive qualities what are some of the good things about them ask their friends if you're like i don't, i don't know i can't think of anything ask their friends ask their coworkers ask somebody who has a different perspective than you and begin to practice gratitude begin writing it in a gratitude log and then next level here begin to say those things to your spouse Oh, you're talking about vulnerability here, because remember, the problems haven't gone away. Think of what you will do to your spouse if you walked up to them and said, you know, I am so grateful for you. And not like in a passive aggressive, sarcastic way, but like in a real way. I am so grateful for you. I'm so thankful that you love me at my worst. So tell them what you're thankful for about them. List one or two things that you love about them that you're grateful for and watch that spirit of contempt begin to fade away. I can't wait to hear you guys' testimonies about that. All right, what's the solution for defensiveness? Again, when you become defensive, you make yourself the victim, you go inside, you hide, you don't take responsibility, or sometimes you'll blame your spouse or somebody else. There's a, um, a principle that I teach called triangulation. I'm not going to get into it real deep here, but basically think of a triangle. This shows up in relationships where there is a victim, a hero, and a bad guy. Now, depending on what part you play in the relationship will tell you where you align with being a defensive person or not. If you're always the victim, obviously, you're always defensive. You're the one that's being attacked all the time. Okay, and so every victim needs a bad guy and every victim also needs a hero. Usually in relationships, if you're the victim, then your spouse is the bad guy. And then somebody else outside your relationship then has to become the hero. Okay, and so we'll talk about that maybe on another episode. But the solution to defensiveness is simply taking responsibility. It's simply owning up to what you've done. We all make mistakes. That shouldn't be any surprise to anybody. None of us are perfect. We're all in process. So if your spouse is telling you that you've got a growth area, then just receive it. Just receive it. Just say, you know what? You're right. I, I, I dropped the ball there. You know what? I am so sorry. I know I was supposed to call your mom, and, and I was supposed to make that appointment. I know I was supposed to pay that bill. I know I was supposed to go drop the kids off or pick the kids up. <laughs> I know I made a mistake. I'm sorry. It's okay to say I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, it's really healthy. When's the last time that you said the words, I'm sorry? If it's been a while, my friend, you're probably practicing some defensiveness. So just simply take responsibility. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a mature person. Finally, stonewalling. The solution to stonewalling, now John Gottman talks about self-soothing. If I can be honest, that sounded a little bit like light to me. Um, Self-soothing sounds like we're like these little victims who need, you know, to be soothed. And I understand what he's saying. He gives uh, some examples um, about, you know, reading a book or going to do something that you enjoy. Basically, it's taking a break. And we talked about this a little bit in last week's episode. We talked about silent treatment versus silence, where silence, it can basically break space. When you and your spouse or you and your partner have been at it for a while, you've been arguing about an issue that won't go away, you do need to take a break. Nobody can sustain a relationship at that level. So if we've been talking about the same issue for 45 minutes and we're not getting anywhere, somebody has to say, you know what? Listen, okay, let's take a little break. Let's I need some space, I need to go for a walk, or I need to go outside, or um, I need to go make a phone call, or go for a run, or whatever it is that you need to do to kind of break space. But as I said in last week's episode, make sure that you have a time where you're going to come back. So hey, let's, let's come back in 30 minutes, or let's come back after dinner, and we can pick up this conversation again. That is a really important thing to do when you can't find a resolution to something. Because if you just keep pounding it out, pounding it out, what's going to happen is you're going to get emotionally exhausted. And that's when we say stuff that we regret, just because we're just emotionally tired, right? So don't get to that point. Just take a little bit of a breather and then come back to the conversation. All right, you guys. Well, I told y'all, y'all were going to be on a master's class today. So... I hope that you have really found a lot of value from these four horsemen of the apocalypse. You can tell your friends that you talked about the apocalypse today on a podcast episode. They'll think you're listening to like a true crime podcast or something. But um, I really hope that you all take this information to heart, that you practice it, that you find areas in your relationship that need some improvement or that need some growing And you put your finger on that one issue. Don't try to attack them all. If you're like, oh my gosh, I do all four things. All right, I'm going to lay hands on you through the airspace and pray for you right now. But it's going to be okay. You're not going to be able to attack all four at one time. What's the worst one though? If you're practicing contempt, start there. If you only see one or two, just start with one. And use these solutions to get better. Ask your spouse for feedback. Let your spouse know that you learned about four horsemen of the apocalypse and ask them if they want to listen to this episode with you. You might think that you're a person who has lots of criticism. Your spouse might say, oh, I don't, I don't feel like you're critical. Wow, wouldn't that be great? Maybe you're being too hard on yourself. So that's our homework for today. I always give my coaching clients homework. Now I'm giving you homework. So I want you all to make sure that you don't just walk away from this episode and go on to the next thing, but really take some time and ponder what we discussed today. It is my absolute prayer that you are always growing in your marriage and in your relationship. So before we sign off, I want to remind you about the podcast review contest that we have going on. It starts right now. So you can go ahead and start writing a review right now on Apple Podcasts. Or again, if you must, go ahead and email me your podcast review to info at DanaShea.com. That's i n f o at D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com. Second thing you'll need to do is make sure that you email me. Everybody needs to email me at info at DanaShea and let me know that you submitted a review and then on the May 3rd episode I am going to announce the winner. So again, everyone who submits a podcast review will be entered into a drawing and I will choose one person who will win that $50 Amazon gift card. You guys this has been a blast for me to teach at this level. I hope that you have been able to absorb everything that we talked about today. Now go out there and make your relationship great. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. two weeks old in an iron lung which is you know like a sealed oxygen unit um, fighting for my life i couldn't i couldn't breathe properly and apparently i didn't make a sound um from the day I was born because my lungs were all messed up. That's Martin Smith of Delirious sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.